0: Hi, welcome to the Armed Guardian Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm your host, Brian, and today we're going to be releasing a special guest episode for this month. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and our top, our guest today will be Crystal Milan from South Florida. She's a firearms instructor specializing in women's training, and she's a huge advocate against human trafficking. So... Sit back, enjoy uh, today's episode, and learn how you can step up and help fight the human trafficking. Hi, welcome to the Armed Guardian Podcast. Today, we've got Crystal Milan, the South Florida instructor, and uh, she teaches a women's program, and she's going to talk to us uh, about a topic that's uh, near and dear to her heart. So, how are you doing today, Crystal?
1: Hi, Brian. I'm doing wonderful. I woke up, so that was a good start for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> always good. Come wake get out of bed.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, um, kind of briefly did a brief intro on you, but uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, how did you get into, interested in into firearms?
1: All righty. I'm Crystal and I got into firearms many, many years ago. I like to work predominantly with women. I do have male clients as well but I prefer to work with women especially the ones with little to no experience I got into training women more so um, than men just because of the experience I had previously when I had male instructors when I started and there were times I felt a little bit intimidated or I didn't feel comfortable not that there's not some really great male instructors out there but I did have some encounters that left me a little uneasy right So, and I felt that women can relate to women a little bit more. And that is exactly why I started doing this and working with women.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like whenever I have a husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, take a class together, uh, I'll let them sit together in the class. But whenever I get them out on the firing line, I like to put them on opposite ends just because, uh, that, uh, intimidation, it kind of relaxes the, the inexperienced person or keeps the competition down a little bit between them are, you know, the one saying you're not doing it right. And you know, no, that's my job. Uh, you, know, you, you, you shoot what I'm telling you and stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I, I get the women. I do the women's program with the USCCA and uh, I I've had excellent results from it and uh, a lot of good reviews from ladies and uh, people that have taken it. I've even had some, some guys with uh, ladies that are uh, willing to, Uh, allow the guys to step in i had some that just popped into a a gun range that i did i was doing a women's basic and uh they said we're here for the gun class Uh, this is a women's class and uh (laughs) oh okay i said well let me ask the ladies if they're okay with you guys coming in and uh they they both the lady said yes so the two guys i let them come in and uh uh had had fun it was interesting and um come to find out there is a um Another program that was uh, at a venue event down the road that they had signed up for and and was supposed to be at. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, oh well, I'll I'll take them. And uh, yeah, definitely. And they seem to have fun. And uh, but yeah, women. There's a big difference between women and men uh, in firearms training. And I, being in the military before and in law enforcement, I know how people people in general even females can be a little overbearing or or come off as authoritarian absolutely and, uh, and that kind of is intimidating to certain people male and female so uh i just uh with the women i i come off i, I don't i tell them when i we go out on the range i said i'm not going to yell at you unless you do something <laughs> really uh unsafe uh to get your attention but uh, I said, I'm not the, the, the drill sergeant. I'm not the police officer telling you to yelling for you to stop or anything. But uh, I want you to have fun, be safe, and uh, and learn something. And um, so far, that's worked for me. And I uh, actually, the women's program is one of my bigger uh, class uh, courses that I teach uh, over basic and concealed carry. So, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I, it's great though. I. The women that I work with, they always get happy that I offer this class exclusively to women because, like, you know, I really wanted to be around women. And I have women that have been a victim of sexual assaults, and they don't want a man anywhere near them, unfortunately. So they feel a lot more comfort when they go to a woman for classes like this. Right. And not only that, but I've seen some instructors, male and female both, but um, a lot more male that are more tactical. Mm -hmm. And then the ladies feel like, oh, my goodness, you know, I have to be a sniper. Am I leave here? And I'm like, no, you don't. And the last thing I want to do is to any of my students is come across as somebody that's going to be a drill sergeant and call them names or anything else. And they're like, oh, my goodness, you're so mean. I don't want I don't want to scare them off.
2: Right. Because what I
1: want them to do is leave confident and empowered.
2: Right.
1: And I do everything with my women in baby steps. So, like I said, most of them are new. Either yep. they've never even seen one, seen a firearm in person, so this mm-hmm. is their very first time, and they're nervous. The media's played a major role in that too, because they think the firearm is just going to go off by itself, right? <laughs> and they're terrified.
0: There's asking- that. There, there's that, and then you no, know, men in general or males, uh, you no, know, we're bored you no. Know, just tell me how to do it, and I or, or give me the gun, and I'll figure it out. Where the right. women are very <laughs> right. inquisitive; Hands they, they ask questions, and, yes. and and I love that. That uh, you know that we get, we sometimes get drawn out in the the women's classes because they're 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 so information hungry uh, when it comes to a firearm, especially if they're taking the class and really looking for it for other than if they're looking for self defense instead of just. Hey, it's something. Let me take this class. I've never, you know, taken a firearms class before. Or something, and uh, yeah, they they get more inquisitive of, you know, more detail oriented. And mm-hmm. but I, I love that, and uh, it just goes to the t- different teaching styles between men and women, basically.
1: Absolutely, because everybody has their way of teaching, right? And then. Right. Certain students are receptive to one way than the other. So like I said, you might be a great fit for me in the type of training that I do, but then there's also going to be an instructor that's better suited for your needs. Right. So it's not a one size fits all. So you go to the person that you feel is best for you and make sure you do your research.
2: Right. Yeah. Get
1: somebody that's going to do the right training. I've had several students that have taken classes with other instructors that they didn't feel comfortable and they end up leaving the class. Right. And I don't yeah. want that. You know, I want them to keep coming back for more. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I've actually we've got an
0: episode coming up. We're going to be talking with uh, Amy Lucas and part of the interview with her is going to be uh, how to vet out your you know, instructors. If you're you know, mm-hmm. people looking for classes, because, you know, just because someone's an instructor uh, doesn't mean that, uh, well, I don't want to throw people under the bus, but as law enforcement and military, we have that authoritative uh, background, (laughs) and uh, sometimes we can be a little overbearing, uh, Mm -hmm. and and there's some that, uh, you know, just personalities, because if you get somebody that's uh, a a meek, mild person, but then the the instructor is that authoritarian uh, instructor, then it's going to put up a, a barrier wall that's gonna block part of that learning process for the student. And uh uh I, I try to keep that wall down. Uh and that's part of the the feedback that I've gotten from some of the females that you know have take like you said, have taken classes with other instructors and they just they don't feel comfortable. They feel that the instructor was talking over their head. Uh
1: right. And then they shut down. Yeah. And yeah. once that, you know, once that part of the brain is just shut down it's like okay I'm done it's difficult for them right yeah it's almost like if you get bit by a dog then you don't trust dogs anymore right you're like oh my goodness you know I'm, I'm afraid but we don't want that they need right. to be comfortable and they need to be empowered by their you know the training that they're getting
0: yeah yeah fully agree with you mm-hmm. well you you, uh kind, we've kind of jumped in without asking question two but you no know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll ask it and if there's anything else you want to add. Uh, it So uh, what led you to become an instructor and your, your focus on women's training? And we, I know we briefly talked on it, but uh, do you, anything else you want to add to that question?
1: No, it's just really based off experiences that I've had in the past and being a woman and, you know, wanting to be with someone that gets me, you know, right. and knows my needs as a woman and some of the negative experiences that I've had, it really just put me in a, path to go forward and just help other women that might feel the same way I did previously
0: okay uh you see do you see a large uh uh influx or a large uh, amount of ladies that are interested in your classes down there in South Florida because I know up here uh in South Georgia uh we're uh a real rural area where I'm at and uh everybody's grown up around firearms and right. has hunted or, or you know, they're involved in shooting and there's, there, there's still that group that is new and everything Well just look at the, since 2020, the new firearms owners. I think the last I saw, it was over 5 million uh, mm-hmm. firearms owners. And I think about 58% of them, if I remember, were women. So, um, you know, women are, are getting very uh inquisitive and uh, you know, it's just a sign of the times too. You know, people are concerned about uh, our government, uh the downfall or not the downfall, but the minimizing of the law enforcement. You know, a lot of Absolutely. law enforcement officers are leaving the, the fields, a lot of the departments are having problems recruiting and uh mm-hmm. No, it it puts a big burden on law enforcement, so it's going to reduce their response time. So I, I tell everybody, uh, you know, you've got to be your own first responder. The Calvary is coming, but uh, you're going to have to take initial action. So
1: you're right about that, and I saw them the same thing. You yeah. cannot count on anybody else to come to your rescue. Right, it's going to take time, and you don't have time when the situation goes south, right? Yeah. So down here in South Florida, we do have a lot of women that are interested. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but with crime rates the way they are, oftentimes I'll get a woman contact me and say, listen, I just had my whole my house was just almost broken into and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And I felt like so defenseless. What do I do? I, if they were to get in, I'm in trouble. Right. So I do get those calls or they've been a victim of some serious crime. And that's when we get the call. Unfortunately, we're very uh, reactive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wait for something bad to happen. Then we realize, wait a minute. Right. I should probably do something about this and take control. Yeah, I don't like those situations, so I try and do a lot of promoting with my students on what you can do to prevent yourself from becoming a victim. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing, is prevention. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we do have a lot of women down here that are seeking you know, training, not just with me, but many others. We're seeing a lot of women that are interested, which is a good thing.
0: Okay, all right. Well, thank you for that. Well, David had a question uh, about what calibers and types of firearms are you seeing women leaning towards in your area there in South Florida? Well, I
1: know a lot of them are told to get the smallest one possible because it's easy to conceal, unfortunately. They hear that often. And then they come to me and I ask them questions like, what did you buy? And I said, well, you know, I got this little bitty. I don't even know what it is. It's just really cute and tiny. I was like, well, what caliber? I don't know. It's pink, you know, (laughs) one of those things. (laughs) Yeah. So I try and educate them on that. And I always tell them, you know, you need to go out and try them. Right. And get a feel. Put them in your hands, get to the range and try them out. Because otherwise, you're just going to guess. And then when you do get a chance to go to the range and fire it, you're terrified. It's got a lot of recoil. You can't really grip it properly. And then it sits at home, really concealed in your dresser drawer somewhere, and it's never used. Right. So I like to. If, if they can use a 9mm, that's great. Yeah. The ones that I've seen them get more so now are like the SIG-P365. That's what I have as my everyday carry is a 365XL. Um, the Smith & Wesson Shield, they like that. Or the Easy Shield, but right. a lot of times they have a difficult time racking the slide. So that one's right. a really popular one
2: Yeah.
1: for the women that struggle with that. Um, the Glock 43X
0: love that that's my primary yeah. theory
1: <laughs> yeah that's a great one yeah I love that one um yeah. a few the Springfield uh, Hillcat Hellcat let see one no, no. but just the normal you know everyday uh, what I don't like is when they go to a range I mean go to a gun show and mm-hmm. they're just looking on the tables and the prettiest one that they see like oh it's <laughs> pink without any yeah. research it's just like ah oh, let's not do that. Right. And they have to be educated because they don't know. Or maybe a friend of others is like, hey, you have to get this firearm. Yep. And then yep. they, they never even tried it. I tell them it's like wearing a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. If you ask me what shoes should I wear and I just say, oh, you have to wear this because I love it. It's great. And then you put it on and you got corns or bunions. <laughs> Could be a problem <laughs> for you. I don't know your feet. right? So you have to really try them out. But yep. stay away right. from those little tiny. I mean, it's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I know on Facebook, I can't remember if you uh, liked this one. I I think you did, but I had a college student. uh, Her dad signed her up for a class, and uh, they're all uh, into firearms. Uh, She was into the uh, place where she was moving out of the dorm when she went back to college and uh, was going to be living off campus. Mm -hmm. So dad wanted her to have some training, and uh, I worked with her one-on-one. Dad was a big uh Sig fan and uh he, he gave him uh let his daughter use his wife's gun and uh she came, she shot it and she said, I'm not it doesn't feel comfortable. But right. dad's a dad's a big SIG person and he wants me to try this and uh said, Well try my um uh my Glock forty three X and uh mm-hmm. she tried it and she said, Ooh, this is nice and yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I can handle it. it. It fits my hand good. It's balanced, and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I told her dad about it. He said, "Well, if if that's what she wants, if she can shoot that, she Glocks okay, an okay gun. So I'll I'll get her a gun." Well, whenever he he ordered it for, and whenever it came in, it was uh, coated with a uh, pink and uh, oh, sparkle nice. and everything, and uh, she shot it and uh, she she had fun with it. But no, it's just like uh, I. I also carry alternate sometimes with a 40 caliber, but I, I have a mm-hmm. Taurus G2C and, um, I like the 40 caliber. I like the Taurus. Right. Taurus is a, a great gun. Um, they've evolved greatly in each move that they've made coming from Brazil to Miami to up here in Southwest Georgia. Now, uh, right. their quality control has, uh, been on point. They've always had good revolvers, but, uh, And that—that's another thing. I'll—I'll get people that'll come to a class, and uh, they've bought their first gun or been
1: a revolver
0: gun. And either it's a revolver, (laughs) or it's a semi-auto that uh, uh, a gun store has sold them. uh, Because no, and nothing against the Smith and Wesson Shield, but uh, I find a lot of ladies, especially elderly or people with grip issues, that maybe the gun store didn't qualify them first before pushing it uh they have a problem gripping that grip safety to deactivate that safety uh, mm-hmm. and I wish Smith would and I think they do but uh it's I don't see it all that often is the easy without that grip safety and um,
1: I agree with you I really don't like that grip safety at all like uh, like we said everybody has the right firearm for them and if that's what you like go for it it's not for me yep yeah. But if you tried it and you're comfortable with it, by all means, go for it.
0: Like, and, and it's personally like, I mean, yeah, it's like with the revolver too. a uh, lady, a uh, lady will come. I've had some uh, elderly ladies come up with the snub nose. Yes. fifty-seven, <laughs> And I'm like, okay. I said, Do you, have you, have you shot this yet? No, no. This is what the gun store uh, or my husband me bought me and everything. So. <laughs> Uh, so where are you going to keep it? And then they we talk about my that purse, and, yeah, pretty much the and purse. purse. And uh, uh, said, "Well, let's put put around in the uh, cylinder, and let's uh, see how you handle it. And that first shot or two, and then they decide real quickly that the snub nose, and especially the three fifty seven <laughs> is not what they wanted. No, nope. and and a lot of people don't realize the shorter the barrel, the more the the recoil. Uh, you're going to have. And and they they don't understand that that dissipation of the uh, gases uh, once that mm-hmm. barrel it, it goes through the bullet goes out of the barrel that that excess energy's got to go somewhere and that's what causes that's right. the kick and um and then a lot of people end up going to a little bit larger three inch or four inch uh, frame revolver if they stick with the revolver and then we've got the the double action with an elderly oh, person yeah, that doesn't, doesn't have the strength to pull <laughs> yep. that trigger so yeah, but, yeah they just
1: don't know it's unfortunate you know when they're they go somewhere in the gun store so like, you need this one and they buy it without any questions and then they go home sometimes they never even fired it right they're just like well i'll just if i need it one day i'll use it but that's not the time
0: <laughs> yeah I, I love the the initial range that i started uh that let me start coming in and training with them. Um, I. I had just gotten certified with the USCCA, came back up looking for places to teach and everything. And I went into this one range and asked them, I said, hey, I'm a firearms instructor and gave them my spiel. And they said, well, we um, actually need someone because the person that we have is a deputy in the county and he's on the SWAT team. He's a drug task person. He's an investigator. And every time he tries to schedule a class, he gets called out or or get uh, <laughs> gets called into work and stuff. And so I, I I was lucky that I got my foot in there, and it's been a profitable going. April will be four years that I've been teaching with them. And uh, but they they're a gun store and a indoor range, and they have a plethora of rentals that people can use, ranging from a twenty two up to a 45 uh they've got a couple revolvers that they typically have and uh i i love that they uh they, they are to me the the best uh people because they'll let people try their rentals uh in the That's style great. of the gun that they're using and then uh they they really ask the questions that need to be at, asked to the people when they're looking and um it's just finding that that perfect store that you can go to and, and if you have somebody that uh you know, says, hey, try this gun, but they, the store you go to doesn't have a range or anything. Mm-hmm. Find somebody that has a gun similar yeah. to that same style that you're, you were told to try out before you go spend the money to buy. Uh, because, you know, a lot of some of the gun stores, you can buy the gun, and if you try it and it's, you know, just doesn't fit you. They'll let you bring it back, but you're, it's mm-hmm. just like driving a car off the light. You know, exactly. Bring it back. You're, you're not going to get the value that you got That's when right. you Walk out the door with them, So Yeah. I like
1: to bring different firearms in for my students. So normally when I start them out, I have a SIG P322, mm-hmm. so it doesn't terrify them too much. <laughs> so we try out that and then I'll let them shoot my SIG P365 and, um, they feel the difference. And then I have yeah. a red dot on it as well. So they can see the difference between iron sights and a red dot sight. Many times, like, can I just use the P322 for my <laughs> everyday carry in my home? I'm like, well, I mean, you can. I wouldn't stand in front of it. I can tell you that, you know, right. <laughs> but do I recommend it? No. But if that's all you've got, you know, that's on you. But <laughs>
0: yeah, but and it's like <laughs> but I do like women- different ones. Yeah. It's like with the women that I do, especially if they don't have a pistol or they've never fired a pistol. I have a Taurus TX22 that that's uh, great. I, I use to <laughs> in, in, inoculate them to the action and everything because you know you don't have the recall that you do with a three eighty-nine or anything, and it gets them more. I find that it's uh, more comfortable for them when we transition to the bolt, the the nine. 380 or something that uh, they're they're already uh, know what's going to happen with the slide how a little bit of the recoil is so it's just fine tuning that that grip and stance with them so
1: yeah that's exactly what I do so I'll start them out easy and then we kind of transition into something that's a little bit more challenging but like you said they're now adjusted you know they understand things a little bit better Right. And they move on. And um when I do bring different firearms in, they're just like, Oh yeah, I like this one better. No, and now they realize why it's important to fire them off a few times and right. see how they feel in your hands and get the best one that fits your needs. Cause okay. sometimes you got people with a really tiny hands, you know? Right. And then maybe they're too big or whatever. They can have nerve damage like I do. I shake. I have you know, I don't really have much finger uh feelings in my fingertips. So I gotta find something that's gonna be Comfortable in my hands. Okay, and the best way for them is really to try them out.
2: Okay, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I, I I really like that, and I've i let people use my. Uh, I'll like to use. I bring several different firearms with me, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll let them try it if, if they seem like they're having a problem with theirs. Uh, I'll pull out mine and let them shoot a, a couple times just to see if it's the the gun or you no, know, if, if it's a, a shooter issue or you know, right. the size of the gun yep. issue them so
2: okay mm-hmm.
0: uh the next question was uh living in a warmer climate south florida what type of uh, what are some of the ways whether off body or on body are you seeing women carry concealed uh, down there
1: so down here because it is warm that means less clothing for a lot of people
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's a little bit more difficult to conceal carry if you're not really wearing much so i've seen women that use like the cross body the purses like uh Fanny packs, always right. good too. They use fanny packs. Now, I prefer to have my firearm on my person. Right. That's, but there are times where you're like, okay, I really can't fit anything in here. But as far as like if they're wearing skirts and um, dresses, the thigh holsters are great. I have one that's, I love it. So of my favorite thigh holster and I wear it often, very comfortable. And then the other way um, is like the belly bands. I see right. women using the belly bands, but you got to remember it's hot here. Yeah. And the more layers you have on those belly bands, depending on which one you get are extremely hot.
0: Yeah. And- I, know, I, uh, I know I've seen advertised. I don't, I I know that there are ladies that carry them like this uh, and it's more so the micro compacts, but uh, I, I mentioned it to the ladies uh, just as an option, but you no, know, the, the bra holster. Um,
1: oh yeah.
0: Uh, I, I don't. I haven't met anyone that actually wears one, but uh, I, I know that there are people out there because evidently they're they're selling them and people are interested in them. But you no, know, just how you no know, finding someone that's actually got some firsthand wear experience with it. Uh, and you no, know, of course, a lot of it's going to depend on the size of the firearm. It can't be a, a full size Glock nineteen that you're carrying there. All oh the yeah, <laughs> maybe, but uh, doubtful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't ever personally used them. I've known a few people who have. Okay. Some were like, mm, it's not necessarily for me. Doesn't mean right. it's not, you know, not going to work for somebody else. But I don't really see that one too much. Okay. I don't see them using I do see more of the belly bands and the cross bags or fanny packs. Hmm. So it's just, you know, depending on your body type too. Yeah. It's going to make a big difference.
0: Yeah, you no, know, it's like I tell people when they start have if they've never con- concealed carry before you know try different positions you know the holsters mm-hmm. you're you're gonna run through the gamut of holsters you know you're gonna mm-hmm. buy one this doesn't fit or wear right uh, then you buy mm-hmm. another one and you know be prepared to spend some money finding that right holster for you but uh yeah yeah you know. and
1: you usually don't just have one you have many like I have several because depending on what I'm wearing you know and certain clothing, like if I wear a blouse that's print has print on it, it's easier to conceal. It's a little right. bit bigger and looser and I can carry you know appendix or I can carry a belly band. even those brawl holsters you can do with those as well. So right. it really just depends on what you're wearing that day. yeah, and sometimes you have to adjust right. <laughs> to have True. it work for whatever holster or firearm you're carrying
0: right. yeah, okay. <laughs> that seems to be pretty much you know I, I lived in South Florida. I- i got out of high school i moved down i was down off, i lived in fort lauderdale before i went into the military and, mm-hmm. um, uh yeah i know how hot it gets and of course oh, I, it's terrible uh, after i got out and got into law enforcement i was living in north florida mm-hmm. and uh still had the hot but we st- had cooler it wasn't as hot as south florida but yeah oh, it's hot yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and i'm on the beach so i'm like you know beach is five minutes away so we do have a little bit of a breeze sometimes but that humidity is what gets us Yeah. So if you have these belly bands on in certain types of holster, you're just sweating. You just, it's just too much.
0: (laughs) For about a year before I went into the military, moved, got got out of the military, lived down there for about six months before I Mm -hmm. moved up to North Florida. But I lived down off of Griffin Road down there in Fort Lauderdale, uh, in between Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood. And uh, yeah, I know where
1: that's at. It's not too far. I'm on the beach side, so I'm in Fort Lauderdale Beach, uh, closer to Pompano Beach. So it's like. Which has really grown and is pretty nice. So they're not. It wasn't like it used to be. It's beautiful. So it's attracted a lot more people.
2: Yeah.
1: Every day we have so many people moving here. And the good thing about so many people moving here, if there is a good thing about so many people, is the <laughs> fact that a lot of them are moving from places that are not. Uh, let's see, in agreement with the two A community, they right. really don't like it. Yeah. So when they move here, the first thing they want to do is, I want to buy a gun. I get that all the time that's the first thing at the shooting range it's funny because you see all these people from up north and they're like or california they're like let me try it you know and they're so excited because they're like where we come from we're not allowed to own a firearm or to protect ourselves so that is one good thing about people moving here is we have a lot of people who are now really interested in firearm ownership
0: that's great Mm -hmm. uh okay well let's talk to about firearms now we'll Transition over to uh, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on was to uh, about human trafficking awareness. So, uh, what led you to be, uh, be an advocate on human trafficking and how are you making an impact on this issue? Stay with us. We'll be right back.
2: Right to Bear is the leading self defense legal protection you can count on if the moment comes to defend yourself or your families. Right to Bear provides the legal representation, expert witnesses, Gun replacement and even a 24-hour hotline for peace of mind—exactly when you need it most. Sign up at ProtectWithBear.com and use promo code BTT to get 10% off. With Right to Bear, you'll never defend your freedoms alone again. Join now with the promo code BTT at ProtectWithBear.com.
1: I got started in the human trafficking many years ago, and recently the movie came out, um, The Sound of Freedom which now a lot more people are aware of the problem. And I've been trying to get this message out for quite a while now. And people are like, ah, it's not really a big deal. I'm like, no, it really is. So when this movie came out, it really opened up a lot of opportunities for me to get the message out because it's a big problem. And when we had COVID, when everything was shut down and everybody was on their computers, it really just was a floodgate for these types of crimes to be committed. I'm what I think in Florida we're number three in human trafficking so it's a big problem here we have florida new york texas those are just some of the states that are experienced a lot of problems with this i don't know where you're at Do you guys have a big problem
0: uh well well uh georgia is i, I don't re- i haven't seen the rankings in a while but um georgia does have some issues because of uh, especially up around metro atlanta um mm-hmm. oh yeah the, uh, it's a big, a big international airport. There's a lot of traffic going through Atlanta all the time. Mm-hmm. And I you know right now I drive a truck at night, and I've driven uh, a truck for since I got out retired out of law enforcement uh, for the last fifteen years. And I've always seen it in truck stops on the sex side, uh, mm-hmm. know, the, the people walking around in the truck stop, and the the Johns uh, parked somewhere in the parking lot watching and, and everything, and it, it's. I know it's been around for quite a while, and more so in the trucking industry, uh, is where I've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, there's
1: actually. I'm you, you, um, not to cut you off, but there's an organization or a program for truck drivers. I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with it for the yeah, training. I, I know there's stickers and stuff. But that's a good program to yeah. get involved in.
0: It, it is, and uh, uh, a lot of a lot of trucking companies now mandate that they're when a driver comes in through orientation, they actually walk them through the presentation that they have on uh human trafficking how to and, notice it, and uh how to call and what you need to have whenever you recall uh, call in so oh um, good that, that, that's a big thing that' I'm, I'm glad to see that they're doing because now that was part of what in the early years of my younger years my dad was drove trucks for a while and uh it was uh you know, it gave trucking a, a bad name uh with the uh, sexual trafficking uh, at the truck stops and stuff like that. And uh, there wasn't anything really being done about it uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. But uh, I'm glad to see that people are stepping up and, and, and making a voice now to try to bring awareness and prevent it.
1: And there are so many programs. The um, U.S. Department of Homeland Security has the Blue Campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But it's great, and there's so many free resources that you can go on, log on to the website and get. There's also a one-hour class. I highly recommend every person take this one-hour class. It's free, and it really gives you a better understanding. The best thing that we can do is, like, as a community, everyone get involved. Because if one person can identify a person at risk or stop it, you just saved that person a lifetime of heartache. And from what we've experienced speaking to survivors, they said, you know, if somebody would have just recognized I was being trafficked, I wouldn't have to spend years suffering. Yeah, You know, we can't turn our eyes or turn our head the other direction and not think it's, you know, not my problem because it is. It's every one of our Mm problems. And it can happen to your family. Any one of us can fall victim to this. So we need to wake up and all work together to end it. Right. it's a huge industry I mean back in the day it was drugs now it's human trafficking because yeah. a person can be resold over and over mm-hmm. and um we gotta all work together just to put a stop to it
0: and and it, and it leads into you know with the sex side of it uh mm-hmm. pornography rings and stuff like that and it, oh yeah it's a, it's a big issue uh, bigger than what a lot of people re- think it is uh, they don't realize how how wide of a, a reach it, it is as far mm-hmm. as uh the human trafficking. You know, they, they say human trafficking and their mindset is a narrow uh narrow view of it. They they mm-hmm. take off the blinders and see the whole problem. And yeah. uh, whenever I, I mention it and start talking to people about uh, that, they they, they think I've never really thought of that or you no, know, that's uh a bigger problem than what i thought i always thought it was this and uh, wake wakes well, a lot of people yeah, up
1: yeah people don't really know what human trafficking is they, they hear about but they don't really know exactly what it is right um and they get also they get um human smuggling and trafficking confused they think it's the same thing what it's you know in fact it's not it's two different things right um so uh, no. human smuggling and human trafficking are completely different crimes yeah but we do classes. We teach classes on how to identify people that may be at risk. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, they'll groom their victims. Right. They're very good at it. They seek people that are struggling with something in life. Or you know, maybe they come from a broken home or they're in, living in poverty. Right. And they'll go after these people. Yeah. Very, very sad. But it's a big industry. A lot of money is made through these people exploiting others.
0: Yep, that, that, that's for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I have a program. I'm sorry. I have a program um, called Not Not Participating, okay. and, and this is the sex trafficking part of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like to make learning fun. So what I do is I'll do events like Bingo and Trivia Nights,
2: Okay.
1: and it's all geared towards like human trafficking or sex trafficking. And it's a lot of fun. But then, you know, if you don't want to go and take this class online, I highly suggest do one of our events because they are a lot of fun and everybody's laughing at a good time. But at the same time, they're learning about these problems. And then we give out pamphlets and these little cards that help to identify people that may be at risk. And it gives them the tools and the resources to report it. But no matter what you do, you got to do something.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, our next question is, uh, now, human trafficking, and we've kind of touched on this one as well, it's more than a big city problem, isn't it?
1: It's all over. Yeah, It can be in a rural area. It, it's everywhere. It's not like, oh, you know, well, it's only going to be in New York City or in Miami. It's everywhere. Right. And with the Internet, they've got a lot more exposure. Yeah. They can reach your children from home. You name it, mm-hmm. they'll find you. It doesn't matter yeah. where you're at.
0: And once, once they get you sucked in, they, they move around, uh, mm-hmm. very easily. And, uh, you know, they use a lot of the fear and the, the threat of, uh, family and stuff whenever they are doing this and oh yeah, it's, it's uh, you, know, if you don't do this. I'm going to let your family know that X, Y, Z. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of issues and, uh, know, they just don't realize how quickly they can move them from point A to point B without before anybody really realizes what's going
1: oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. They they're really good at that. They're grooming, um, they manipulate people. Mm-hmm. They also do a lot of stuff through social media and online platforms. Yeah. You know, like they are for a job, you're going to go for a job interview, you go do something like that. It's it's, it's it's trafficking. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of those false job offers that they offer and get you sucked in like that. Before you even realize it. And then there's the kidnapping and abduction part of it. Mm -hmm. But I think more so of online and just finding the right victim.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And the problem too, is I see, I don't know how it is in Georgia, but where we're at, I have my grandkids, for instance, and I watch everything they do. Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of things and they're very in tune because I've trained them, but I've seen people with their children running around in public and they're not watching them whether it be at a store, at a playground. And I'm like, do you know how quickly your child can be abducted and yeah. sold and people don't think it's going to happen to them? They're like, no, it's, I'm not worried. You're just too paranoid. I'm like, no, do you understand where we live at? Right. We're third right now, maybe even up to more. I don't know, but we're third. Why take that chance? Yeah, You know, you have to be observant and watch what your children are doing.
0: Yeah. It's but, not, it's not like the, the era of whenever I, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm fifty seven and you know, mm-hmm. I remember being left at home while my mom, a, a single mom, worked and uh I was out in the woods, me and a friend, we were, you know, building forts, uh playing army and oh yeah stuff. And, <laughs> me too uh you no, know, you just uh no you you didn't you didn't no worry about all this uh because it wasn't <laughs> as prevalent as it, it was in today's age. Uh and I, I think a lot of that is what you kind of briefly touched on is technology uh it's uh the device of the internet uh as for the c- citizen has greatly uh opened up the floodgate for mm-hmm. illegal activity and, and grooming and stuff like that
1: yeah it's very easy for them to use the internet to solicit their victims and next thing you know before you know it you're you're stuck you're trapped
0: yeah, it's, it's like I to, told my youngest daughter uh, when she was younger and we started allowing her to uh, play PlayStation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people that are, uh, you know, talk to you and stuff, they, they may send her a picture uh, album mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And you know, that picture may not be that person. Uh, and you know, e- even though they say that, yeah, that's me, I'm 14, I'm but maybe they're, sound like a 14 year old but they're actually but 23 a- <laughs> and <laughs> yep. looking for ulterior motives so yeah. well you
1: can watch those shows all the time like what to catch a pedophile or whatever they're called it could whatever yeah. they call them and they set people up and you see it all the time, all
2: the time
1: yep. this is not an uncommon thing this yep. is happening so often it's very unfortunate but they always find a way
0: yeah okay <laughs> um What are some signs that people can look for that are indicators that someone uh, is possibly being trafficked?
1: Yeah. So one of the easiest signs is like physical. So if you see wounds, uh, different stages of healing, you know, they've obviously been beaten, Mm -hmm. Um, scars or manipulate or um, malnourishment. You know, maybe they're not healthy. If you see them out in public, they might be very um, anxious may not make eye contact with people. You know, you can, usually if you have a sense something isn't right, it probably isn't,
2: Yeah.
1: you know. Uh, I'm sorry, somebody just walked in out here. If they're, you know, depressed, you know, or anxious, any of those signs are a pretty good indicator. Yeah. If they're out in public sure. with somebody, does a person look like a person that should be with them? You know, mm-hmm. if you ask them a question, are they answering it? Or is the other person answering for them? Right. You know, because now it's like I can't really speak for myself because I've got this person watching over me. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a problem communicating, especially if it's like a different language too? That could be a problem. Yeah, um, are they submissive or fearful? Well, those are some of the signs that are pretty common that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, that if we can spot it, I have a whole list.
2: <laughs> yeah ways to yeah.
1: identify there's too much to even mention right now but there's um if if you go online you could take the class okay. it's going to show you so many things and then there's these little cards that you can keep on your person so if you're mm-hmm. not sure you can use it as like a little reference tool you're like okay well let me see here oh yeah this is definitely one of the signs now do you want to go up and approach somebody at that point because it could be dangerous for you
2: right yeah
1: you know you may not want to say oh i know you're being trapped and then you could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. you do want to report it, take as many notes as you can and call the authorities and say, listen, I'm at this store or wherever you're at. I think that there's a possibility that somebody could be being trafficked. Yeah. Not 100 percent sure, but why not give it a shot and, you know, check it out? Do a little and, bit of investigating.
0: Yeah. And the you know, big thing for me coming from the law enforcement side is body language. Uh, you know, just watch the body language of mm-hmm. the the couple or the group and mm-hmm. you'll, you'll you'll see if somebody is uncomfortable and i know i've seen on the internet uh, you know the, the sign where the the thumb is right
1: yeah, uh, yeah. And, oh yeah uh yep.
0: and i've heard that, that i haven't personally seen that but uh i've seen where read for that is one of the signs that uh, mm-hmm. they have told gotten to the uh, victims to possibly catch somebody's attention so yeah and it
1: works if yeah. you, if you can do that and somebody is aware of that's the sign, yeah. that's great. And you're right. Body language is everything. So that's why I say, if you look at somebody and they just, something doesn't seem right. Something looks really off. If it's a child, usually they're happy. They're playful. You know, you know, how kids are, but yeah. if they're just sitting there, like almost like a dog with his tail between his leg, that's a really good indicator that something could be wrong. Right. And we shouldn't sit back and, you know, think, well, I'm not going to even worry about it because yeah. there's a, you know. If there if it's nothing, it's nothing. That's great, right? It doesn't yeah. hurt if you just maybe go go the extra mile and find out. Like, you know, contact the authorities or contact um the blue campaign. There's like a number you can call there and you can say, Hey, you know, I got this situation. Yeah. Somebody should check it out.
0: No, and and as far as the reporting uh you no, know, yeah, we don't want to for your own safety get involved unless they're you no, know, unless you absolutely have to. I, I won't go right. into know anything more because I don't want to uh, advocate people jumping in and, and taking things into their own hand but right. uh, with today's technology you know we've got cell phones uh you know, if oh, you're with yeah. a group of people you know and you see someone that you think might be trafficked or they get into a vehicle that uh
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know you, you think and you're with a group hey y'all come around let me take a picture and uh
2: mm-hmm.
0: you've got uh, oh, yeah. picture evidence where you know maybe they can get a tag maybe they can get enough of a a uh, picture of the the face where they can identify or run facial uh, on on someone if they really think it's uh, a valid case. So, uh, you know, just be smart about it. Uh, you know, be vis- visual uh, document and uh, you know, find every way that you can to, you know, if you can, record a situation like with the photo or something.
1: And, Definitely, and I would I off. would encourage that. Yeah, I would encourage that. Get some evidence because if you just somebody and you're not sure it could be really i mean it can get into a really ugly situation for you but yeah. if you're taking like you know investigative steps you're recording like you said and contact the authorities or get whatever evidence you have you know i think that's the best bet at that time
0: okay uh next question is uh, how can people get involved to help stop uh, human trafficking i know you mentioned the knots program is that something that they can take uh Online through you or uh, yes. through your website, or
1: yeah, so they can reach out to me, and I have a really good presentation and some information on human trafficking and tons of resources. Okay. And then there's also the Blue Campaign. It's great for people to go on there because there's tons of resources that are just, I mean, endless. You mm-hmm. can even request um, brochures and these cards, all for free. They'll send them to you. All right. But yeah, yeah um, either one. If not, just go online and research because I'm telling you, there's so many <laughs> places that are offering. You may not live near me if you can't come in a person class, but I do online as well. But maybe you want to do something in person. There's plenty of programs out there for everyone.
0: Okay. All right. Um, how can people find out more about your training and uh, information on human trafficking? I know you kind of briefly done, uh, spoke about some of that, but uh, I know you've got your own. Uh, training company if you want to mm-hmm. you know, uh, put that out there and uh you know any contact or email that you want to get put on and i'll make sure that gets put in the show notes
1: oh yeah so um you can go to my website it's www.i like the letter i got her six dot com so you know we usually say i got your six uh-huh. but because i work with women i got her six okay cool um so they can reach that, and on my website, I have many of the different programs that I offer, as well as some resources and links to the Blue Campaign and other campaigns to combat human trafficking.
0: Okay, and I think that you've got a uh, contact, if I remember right, uh, page on there where they can uh, type in their name and email and and leave a message that goes. to Oh, you, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yep. They can go right on that contact form and. I'm very responsive. I always tell people, listen, unless I'm in the middle of a class or something, I'm very responsive. You're not going to wait to hear back from me days and days later, and you're not going to get somebody that you can't understand because I don't have an assistant and I'm not paying somebody overseas to take right. my calls. <laughs> um, and I like to, you know, one of the things that I miss about businesses is that, you know, one-on-one with them. Right. Uh, everything is automated these days and I'm not about that. So if you reach out to me, you're going to get me and I'm able to answer any type of questions that you have. And if I don't know something, I will find out for
0: you. That's the way that I work. I I take every call personally myself. Uh, My business number uh, goes to my cell phone and um, I'm pretty responsive unless I'm in a position where I can't answer it or can't Mm -hmm. get to it. But uh, now I tell people, leave a voicemail and uh, or email me and I will get back with them and get the information that uh, they are needing or get them the advice <laughs> that they're needing. So, um, yeah,
1: it's so important for them to be able to reach us. And unfortunately in today's day and age, most of the time people are using some automated system and, you know, press one for this. And I just like, I don't want to press anything. I just want to speak to a human being.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and preferably one that is, uh, that you can understand because understand. I get that so often though, get so that horrible. automated system and then uh, you can barely understand them and uh, mm-hmm. cause they're in this uh, call center overseas. Mm-hmm.
1: And, oh yes. Uh, the noise really and
0: all. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, one of the questions we're asking all of our guests uh, this season or last season and this season, mm-hmm. since we uh, just started back in August last year, um, what is a hobby or activity that you do? to de-stress or relax from the daily grind or routines
1: so i'm a little bit old school so i love roller skating like the old school boot skates with four yeah. wheels and the tube <laughs> socks that's yeah. me so i love roller skating unfortunately in the summertime it's just so hot here
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but now that we're in cooler weather i'm like this is my time but <laughs> roller skating is my thing And I like nature trails, too. So if I can go out, you know, to the nature trails. I like being outdoors. I'm an outdoorsy person. Okay. So, and I live on the beach. So it's a 5 minutes away. I can spend a lot of time there as well.
0: That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Where I'm at, I'm uh, in the middle of about an hour from the beach. Uh, I live west of Brunswick, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm about an hour. Well, depending on where I go, uh, to the mountains, uh, I could be anywhere from about an hour and a half to three hours from, um, getting to a, a mountain area, uh, cabin or something. And I, I love that because I, I love the, I love the solitude of the cabin and the mountains and everything. It's so nice. It, it is. But I also, I like the beach. I'm not much anymore for getting out, going swimming and stuff, but I just mm-hmm. like going walking and, uh, sitting down on the beach, listening to the waves crash on the shore. So
1: Yeah, I like to go in the morning time and watch the sunrise. It's really pretty, Uh very relaxing. And the area where I'm at, they completely renovated the beach area. They got a brand new pair and a bunch of new stores and restaurants. So it's really relaxing. So I love to go there. Before, I would never go anywhere near that part of the beach. Uh I would avoid it like the plague. But since they've renovated everything, it is beautiful. No, no roller skating there yet because they don't really allow <laughs> you to roller skate. So I still have to go to a different place. I usually go up to Boca. There's a really nice park that I go to. That's okay. got a big lake and it's very relaxing. Okay. Um, but it's South Florida. There's a lot of people here. So, you know, yeah. I do like to get away and go somewhere where there's nobody.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, and the thing about Florida, uh, being in Florida anywhere, especially in the uh, panhandle or in the peninsula, is uh, you know you've got the atlantic side and the gulf side and mm-hmm. if you can just about if you really wanted to venture to experience both the sunrise and sunset start on the oh, east, uh, east coast and then go over to uh, the gulf side to watch a sunset and uh,
1: yes you're right about that my son was stationed in eglin air force base okay. he just left now he's in utah big difference right yes and <laughs> um i i wanted to go i did want to go up there for that reason too i'm like oh you know you can catch the sunrise and the sunset <laughs> all in florida you know yeah. but never did get a chance to go now he's in utah i'm waiting for the snow to go away and get warmer before i take a visit
0: uh, yeah yeah I, well <laughs> it's like when i was in the army i was stationed out in arizona out mm-hmm. the southeast or south tucson at uh, fort pachuca and uh you know people think that oh arizona dry summer desert mm-hmm. and, and stuff but i remember many times uh having to work in a a Couple, not not a couple inches, but a, a dusting of snow uh, mm-hmm. in, in the area. And people, you got snow in Arizona in Southern Arizona? Yeah, yeah. snow out there. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. My my granddaughters, they live on the Navajo Reservation, and they're in New Mexico. Okay. And they just FaceTimed me the other day, and they had a lot of snow. And I was like,
2: wow, you know, it's like
1: <laughs> you think like of New Mexico. You're like, it's got to be warm. No, it gets cold, snow. You know, but it's a nice area, though. It's a nice place to get away for sure. But I'll stay here in Florida though. I'll visit, but I come right back. I'm like, after a few days of the snow and the cold, I'm like, I'm definitely a Florida girl. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot I, of people like love it. Florida for Georgia. My yeah. son when my oldest one, he was in the army and he was at Fort Gordon and Fort Stewart. Okay. So I've been to Georgia quite a bit when he was in the military, but haven't been back since.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I go to, I still go to Florida periodically. My oldest daughter lives down in the Orlando area and, uh, <laughs> I go down there, visit her, and uh, my family, my birth, uh, maternal uh, side of the family, they live up in West Georgia, and uh, I go up there periodically. And then I've got my stepfamily that lives up in Ohio, where after my, uh, my parents divorced, I, I went up there for a while. But uh, yeah, I, I I love Ohio, but I don't like the cold. I I, I just it, it, yeah. I, I, it, it's it's a different, uh, especially I've got frostbit once, and uh, I, I'm real sensitive to my hands being cold. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm um, I'm I've never been frostbit, but I tell you what, I've got a lot of pain <laughs> and aches. So whenever it's cold, it's like, oh, it's like how do people live in this weather? And I mean, it's not friendly and not not a good feeling when you have arthritis and everything else. So it's like, yeah, I don't think I, and not even a leave can help at that rate.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like.
1: Yeah. But yeah, once oh. my, it gets warmer, I'm definitely going to go visit my son, but okay. too cold for me right now.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that pretty much ends the questions that we have. Uh, anything else you want to recap or, or touch on that we didn't uh, mention in the, in the question and answer interview?
1: Well, I have a program for businesses. Anybody that wants to get involved is called the Safe Partnership. Okay. It's on my website, and it's a great program for businesses to be a part of. So we have, there's four pillars to our program. And okay. that's workplace violent prevention, personal safety, community safety, and then business networking and growth. Okay. So I have more information on my website on that, but yeah, I relaunched it because when COVID hit, everything kind of went South and, right. you know, but I relaunched it and I made it better. So okay. now it's 2024. I'm like, let's go ahead and kick it off and get as many partners as we can. And
2: All right. Make safe well,
1: for that, community yeah. for everyone.
0: Okay. Well, I'll make sure to include that. I mentioned that in the show notes and, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh I thank you for your time today, Crystal. And sorry for anybody that watches the the video portion of this when it gets posted. Uh, We had a video glitch with a crystal. So uh, that's why you'll see the camera with the red slash through it on the video screen. But uh,
1: yeah. And uh, and I promise it wasn't because I'm tired. I haven't slept last night. I literally got zero (laughs) sleep the last two days. So it wasn't because my eye bags, it just really was a technical problem.
0: (laughs) But uh, we, we hope to have you back and uh, no, for those that are listening, uh, we are, you know, Crystal will be assisting us a little bit on some uh, interviews when she's able to. So uh, we look forward to uh, having her on and getting her view on some of our, uh, our discussions that David and I have, and then you know, participating in interviews with people whenever um, she's, al- she's a she's not allowed to able to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, again, thank you, Crystal for your time. And, uh, Hope you stay safe down there in South Florida.
1: Absolutely. And you do the same, Brian. Thank you for having
0: me. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the podcast publisher, its affiliates, or any other entity. The information contained in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as medical, legal, or financial advice. The podcast publisher and its affiliates assume no responsibility for any liability, loss, or damage caused by the use of information contained in this podcast. Listeners are advised to consult with a qualified professional before making any decisions based on the information contained in this podcast. Hi, this is Brian host of the Arm Guardian podcast and owner of Blueberry Tactical and Training. While we were looking to find a official drink for both the company and the podcast, we searched for several different types of drinks, and we have come to find Blackout Coffee is a drink that we can put our trust into. It's a coffee with values. It's coffee that's more than just a coffee company. They're a purpose-driven company that acknowledges the people and the traditions that make our country great. They're known for supporting the traditional American values, military, first responders, and hardworking people all across America. Blackout Coffee was founded on the principles of conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, and traditional American values. So, Arm Guardian Podcast and Blueberry Tactical are proud to make... Blackout Coffee, our official drink for the podcast and our business. So in the link below in our show notes, if you don't mind visiting, check out them. They also have teas and cocos that are available if you prefer those. But check them out. There's a link in the show notes and there's also a coupon code for 10% off your first order. So check out Blackout Coffee and enjoy their drink.